This is Salon Mix, featuring the people, trends, phenomena, and experiences that define and inform our lives and culture. I'm Salon's Managing Editor, Erin Keen. When you think of video games, the first thing that comes to mind is probably not empathy. But there are creators out there experimenting with video games as a way to introduce more people to their view of the world. Salon video producer and gamer Matt Smith spoke with Austin Walker, the editor-in-chief of Waypoint, Vice's video game website, to find out more. The first voice you'll hear is Austin Walker. The games academic Mary Flanagan gave a talk, or as part of a panel at Columbia last year, in which she mentioned, I don't believe it was a student of hers, but it was a student-run project uh, in which a game designer wanted to make a game about poverty, something like Cart Life. The idea was... I'm going to make a game in which I'm going to show how hard it is to live in poverty, how it compounds certain difficulties, and how it's hard to dig yourself out, and how it's expensive to live out of the bodega instead of being able to go to the, the actual grocery store because it's further away and you don't have you know, easy transportation and you spend all this money on, on you know, uh, uh, more expensive products that are less healthy for you and all the sort of like the, the problems with being in poverty. And... Her goal was, I'm going to make my players more empathetic. But the results of that were gamers playing that and either winning or coming away saying, ah, if only I was better at being poor, I would not be poor. Uh, It completely failed to, for for the majority of players, communicate that being impoverished was difficult and instead communicated that being impoverished was a challenge that if people worked hard at, they could overcome through ingenuity and dedication and all of that stuff. And that for me is like one of these great examples of like the intention behind something or the 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 goal of like I want to make you more empathetic or or make you understand this complicated problem with this by having you play this game like is an incredibly noble goal, but that we should remember that these things aren't magic bullets for thinking critically or understanding a complex issue. Not only because you can never know what the person is going to bring to it, because you don't know if your rules and your game design is actually going to effectively communicate the thing you want. And that's really tough, you know? Right. So agency can both be, you know, the downfall and the actual thing that can cause empathy in in a player. But I'm not even 100% sure if, if interactivity does lead you to have more empathy. I get where that gut feeling comes from. Like, of, of course, I'm playing the thing. It happened to me, too. That means... I must have a deeper connection than I would if I just read this story in a book or watched it on a film. But I don't know that the, that the studies completely reflect that, the ones that I've read anyway. I don't know. I'm not a huge believer in the notion that just having this special type of agency is, or this, this one certain type of agency is enough to make games transformative in a way that film isn't or that books aren't. I love games. I run a website about games. I think that they are like those other things with some unique twists, but I don't know that like making me feel a certain way is a unique property of games, if that makes sense. And I also think, and this is the, this is the toughest thing for me in this notion or this, this concept, is about the responsibility of games or of game makers to address these issues. I go back and forth on this thing, back, like back and forth. I know as someone who tells stories and who covers this part of the world that I love telling stories about game makers who want to change the world. But I also have seen a certain trend in 
games criticism and coverage, including stuff that I did back in the day, like a few years ago, writing about things like like Cart Life or like Dysphoria by Anna Anthropy, uh, or like uh, about some of Merritt Copus's games, stuff like that, and saying like, okay, how can this make me feel something that I haven't felt before, right? Like, ooh, how can I, how can I feel, how can I play Dysphoria and now I understand the the lives of trans women in America and like. Nah, that's not what dysphoria the game is a game called dysphoria to be clear I'm not talking about the the notion of dysphoria but that's not what dysphoria was for right like dysphoria was for anti-anthropy to communicate a certain feeling of her dysphoria of, of her feelings of being a trans woman uh, and, I, and I'm always cautious about putting that notion of responsibility onto marginalized game developers because it reduces it takes away their ability to just make a thing right like and so I, I'm always just very cautious about how we categorize and frame narratives around different types of games, if that makes sense. No, no, that that does make sense. Um, it, it just go, but it it does make me think of you know if if empathy is the effect, or mm -hmm. or even a socio political effect ends up coming out of a game. I mean, it's I. I tend to just go back to a movie. It's just like all the time you see people who are claiming movies is, you know, get out is the totally. experience of, you know, a living as a, a black male yeah, or totally. a and black person in general. That super frustrated me this year. I love get out. I loved watching get out and be like, yeah, I've had that relationship with my white girlfriends and their parents. Like, oh yeah. I remember the time that like my first white girlfriend's dad showed me all the knots he knew how to tie. Right. Like, that was a weird experience I had, and I saw that in Get Out, right? I saw, like, there's a certain sort of um, familiarity f for me. And I'm not saying, like, that's Get Out is only for black people. You're not allowed to, to love it. But I, what I didn't like was seeing some of the discourse around it that reduced it to being only a message about that, right? To being only a message for white audiences. You have to go see, you have to go see Get Out because it's going to let you know what your black friend's experiences are like, are like. And like, yes, it does that work. It does successfully do that work. And I think it's rad because of it. I get valuing that even as a creator, why you would want to make an audience who is not like you have part of your experience and have part of your feelings. And, and to the degree that that's Jordan Peele's intention, awesome. Go for it. It is just also deeply frustrating to see work only framed in in the notion of like what does this do for me as someone who does not who does not come from that place and i again i've been guilty of it so i'm, I'm only i'm speaking penance here more than i am you know judging other people necessarily i get why that happens we are humans are curious creatures who want to know more about the world um and it's great that we do learn things like that but i want to make sure that when we come to works from marginalized creators that we don't come bearing that expectation every time I, I do think that we as people who, who read and watch and play things are always going to try to make sense of the things that we're consuming however we want to or however our brains are, are, are going to. So uh, it's a collaborative process. No, absolutely. And I, I think we're just starting to find the rules to talk about games totally. more. I mean, th just the same way we did with movies and books, I'm sure. Totally, 100%. I'm sure in the beginning, I mean, like it, it reminds me of a, like, what comic books were like in the 90s you know comic books when Ma like when mouse came out it was oh wow this is the first it's finally art now yeah like right. and it's just totally. like well <laughs> well actually it's kind of always been it's just that now i mean and games are going through that process right now not only of those sorts of games coming out but also of that process of trying to be legitimate inside of a wide inside of the eyes of a wider audience you know people who are our age now came up on games and so we kind of naturally have an affinity that a previous generation may not have. But it, it's also really weird sometimes to see 
the hurdles that game makers, not even game makers, game marketers often, and game critics like me, jump through to bang our chests and say, no, we're real art now. We don't need a Citizen Kane of games. We have Bioshock or whatever. And like, okay, just their art. We're, we can move on. Just let's make cool shit. Let's talk about cool shit. Like we don't need to be, we don't need to be fighting the fight all the time. We need to act as if the fight is already won. I, yeah, I get that. Although I still, you know, there's a New York Times article that yep. talks about um, Walden, the video game that came, that's yep. coming out. And the first line is gone are the days of, you know, like mindless shooters right. where you just not kill your, people. You've heard video games. They're not just pong anymore. Like it's, it, like, it's uh, I know. Well, there, there's going to be lag. There's always lag. There's always, I mean, I can't, monitor what every critic who's ever written about a video game is going to say or do and they're going to reach an audience who just isn't going to get it and who does think that games either are still just mindless shooters or should just be mindless shooters so that is a sect of the game's audience out there i need to be worried about putting spotlight on creators who are doing really incredible things that brings me to the question when do games become the required text they are right now you go to go to schools right now they're teaching gone home they're teaching dysphoria like when I when I taught uh, at the University of Western uh, Ontario, I would use I, there's a couple times I built games like uh, classroom style interactive games where I'd say like all right you're all different space colonies that you need X Y Z and I split people up into different groups and what they didn't know was they were all actually part of the same like universe uh, where they're all competing for the same resources like games have always been part of education and have been required reading and I think you will continue to see that I think we will live to see ga- games like. Bioshock and The Last of Us and these things that are like heralded as great examples of storytelling in the medium, whether or not you like them or not, shown in screenwriting classes or, or, or you know, asked for, for people to, to do content with them to make. If you're in a communications class right now, like I hope that you happen to have one of the cool professors who's interested in, in YouTube culture and Let's Plays and like what's happening there, because that's the sort of thing that not only can be studied, but when you... If you're in those circles in academia, they are being studied. You know, I can look at, at what Todd Harper is doing. You know, like uh, I have a, a friend who uh, teaches uh, in a feminism program in California, uses Gone Home in her classroom, right? Like, we don't have to wait, you know? It's the, the, the wire core. Right? We don't have to dream no more. We got real shit. Like, this is it. We're in it. That was Salon's Matt Smith speaking with Austin Walker of Waypoint, Vice's video game website. Read more on this story and watch a video about video games and empathy all at Salon.com. While you're there, check out our featured audio section. Just click on podcasts to find a few of the shows we're listening to, like The Chauncey DeVega Show, The Bob Cheska Show, and hear an excerpt from Extra Credit, an Audible series featuring Neil Pollitt. The Salon Mix team is executive producer Lauren Schiller, with audio mixing and editing by Ashley Ann Krigbaum. And I'm Erin Keene, your host and managing editor at Salon. Thanks for listening.